You are listening to You Can Quote Me Podcast with Zoe and Jay, where we discuss quotes, where we agree, sometimes disagree, and play devil's advocate, and all that in between. Stay tuned. going okay how's it going for you pretty good pretty good isn't it weird that we say hello to each other even though we've like been sitting in the same space before we even started it's uh yeah it's, uh, it's interesting yeah <laughs> interesting all right cool it's a good look yeah <laughs> all right so i feel like you should begin this time really <laughs> your face i was going to uh not begin ask you to begin okay and but because i asked you second no, i no. first I'm, I'm i respond totally down. i'm totally down to begin you're totally down to begin? I'm totally down. Yeah, Alright, cool. Alright, so the, my first quote of the day is Truth does not mind being questioned. A lie does not like being challenged. Mm. So, truth does not mind being questioned. A lie does not like being challenged. I guess it's truth in its purity um it's almost like when you know it's the truth you Mm -hmm. can question question and question but it's almost like i'm comfortable in it because i know what it is whereas a lie it's almost like the story's gonna fall apart yeah you know yeah so it's like the more you challenge me okay i've got to say that but then oh shit i have to remember i've got to say that but also i said that and that and that and that yeah. yeah so yeah very 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 true yeah it's true I completely agree. I have truth. Truth. Yeah. What do you think of it? I feel like, I mean, everyone's guilty of lying. I, I, I feel safe enough to say that. Yeah, for Everyone's sure. guilty of lying. Um, why do we lie? Uh, mm, that's a good question. Mm. To, to protect other people? Is that a valid reason to lie? I, I would say to protect other people and ourselves. Yeah to not come across as imperfect maybe yeah yeah. um to i mean do you feel that lion's got a bad rep a worse rep and i mean let's not talk about um pathological liars okay let's just like people we we all lie so uh, do you feel like lies have a bad rep liars or lies lies um only when they're found out that they're lies yeah yeah is there a way to handle handle what the discovery of a lie um so i think there's a big difference between lying to yourself and then lying to other people i kind of feel like us lying to ourselves is we're not accountable only accountable to ourselves Uh um whereas with another person that's kind of the whole oh you got found out to me i only kind of equate that to an external person Right. Not you finding out yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that whole like, aha, shame on you for lying. Is that the bit self-righteous almost? Like people are like, you lied to me, but I've never lied to anyone else before. Right, 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 right. (laughs) Yeah, but I completely agree with you. But I think um, when people are saying, oh, you lied to me, blah, blah, blah. I think it's, I don't, they're talking about this situation now. They're not then saying... I've never lied, but right. in this situation, so I guess they expected more of you. Okay. What? So they're not projecting, like, all of their guilt for having lied on onto you. I think it's... Oh, say oh, that again? Oh, they're not 
are they not projecting? If, if somebody kind of blows up at being finding out that you've perhaps missold uh, the truth. Okay, yeah. Are they not then projecting, like putting on you all of their own internal guilt at all their previous lies? Because everybody lies. No, but like I said, I think it depends on the situation. Like I, um, no, because the person is not saying to you that they've never lied. Okay. They're not saying to you, uh, they're not saying to you that um, they will never lie. But they're talking probably about this situation. Mm-hmm. And maybe I think it becomes a bit self righteous if you're saying you shouldn't have done that, blah 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 blah. But then you've done it yourself. Yeah. And not taking accountability. But if I've lied about something else, but we're talking about you missold the phone for a hundred pounds, you told me it was a hundred, but it was actually in fact 60. Mm. I think it starts to become like a moral issue. So if I, so if I know that I would never do that to you, I'm probably going to be more angry because it's almost like your lives have kind of disrespected my morals and my ethics and values. values, yeah. Yeah. I think the projecting part you were talking about, is when the situation is the same and me being and me then being hypocritical yeah yeah okay <laughs> yeah yeah. So you go on to yeah that's cool okay so um okay so this um actually i'm not going to tell you i love not telling you i just not on purpose it's just because it's not a lie it's just because <laughs> It's just so you can judge it by itself. Um, if the president wants to see my clothes, he can go to my wardrobe. If he wants to see me, I'll be in the kitchen. Again, if the president wants to see my clothes, I'm just turning the phone if okay. you hear the noise. If the president wants to see my phone, sorry, see my clothes, he can go to my wardrobe. If he wants to see me, I'll be in the kitchen. Okay, let me just uh, digest that quickly or chew that. I'm going to just chew it. Chew chew on that. Um, If the president wants to see my clothes, he can go to my wardrobe. That's quite racy. It's quite a racy quote in some ways. Okay. There are are two ways of reading it. There are two ways that I've read it. It's almost like whoever this uh, person is, uh, whoever this person is, the president gets to see them naked in the kitchen. Mm. Or this is a bit of a dated quote and this person who I'm assuming is a woman is saying that they'll be in the kitchen as if I don't know, it feels dated, like that's the place, their place, like is the kitchen almost. Okay, I think you're taking it in this literal manner. Right. Take it go a bit under the surface. In that case, then, if the president wants to see my clothes, he can go to my wardrobe. If he wants to see me, I'll be in the kitchen. I don't get it. (laughs) Okay, let me give you more context to be easier. So this was um, said by Einstein to his wife about the president, I believe, don't quote me in it, of, I think, where was Einstein from? He was originally from Germany, from Germany. Yeah, so the president of Germany coming to visit him. Right. And I think his wife has said to him, come on, put some clothes on. And he said to his wife, if the president wants to see me, if the president wants to see my clothes, 
he can go to my wardrobe. If he wants to see me, okay. I'll be in the kitchen. Okay, in that case, I feel like he's taking some taking somebody, not somebody saying that they don't have to present themselves in order to be perceived or respected in any kind of way. You know what I was thinking? I was thinking someone like Marilyn Monroe said it. I know, we even raised I was like, where are you going? Marilyn Monroe had said this, like, if the president wants to see my clothes, they can be in the wardrobe. If he wants to see me, I'll be in the kitchen, like, <laughs> waiting for him naked or something like that. But, um, happy birthday, Mr. President. Um, okay, Einstein said this. Yeah. Okay. Um, I'll, I'm gonna hand it to you. To get, what do you, what do you what do you make of the um, of the quote when when you first saw it? I loved it. So for me, the quote was, um, okay. So if we just take the context, mm-hmm. why would the president come to see Einstein? Because he's a genius, correct? Correct. Um, him being a genius isn't in his clothes. His genius, his how do you say the word? H- yeah, him being a genius is his is in his mind. Yeah. yeah? So I think what he's trying to say is. Um, you want to come see me, just talk about me, talk mm-hmm. about the discoveries I've made, mm-hmm. then my clothes aren't going to Change tell you anything oh, okay, nice. about that. You've come to see me and what my mind says. I could literally be naked, but what I will say will still be dictated in the same way. Wow. Um, when you said dated, I was thinking, yeah, I think throughout society it's probably happened it's probably, I think it's got a bit worse, especially now with social media and stuff, but you are judged about based upon the clothes that you, mm. that you wear. So um, it was a suit that the, that his wife had said you need to put on. Mm. And that's why he was like, no, because apparently Einstein just wore the same clothes all the time. Right. Yeah, because there is another quote and not from him, but someone else has ever said that um, the genius, the genius, I don't know what the genius, but it's like I wear a uniform because mm. if I wear a uniform, I don't have to think about getting ready. Yes, do you know what I'm saying. I've, I've heard that uh, Barack Obama literally had the same suit and the same tie ready for him every day, just because he had to make a lot of decisions. Yeah, and in the morning he did not want to think about exactly, what suit to exactly. Wear. He wants to focus on on, on other stuff. Yeah. So yeah, and I think a lot of people do that. So yeah, I just think it's dope. Do you think that there's anyone today who would be as Mm, mm, um, brazen who would be as confident who would be as genius in the risk in a way to to not you know to say that to someone like i don't know biden or somebody else or meeting the queen and thinking to themselves well i'm not gonna present myself because and be accepted because they're because of their excellence i would say probably yes but i would say in industries that aren't ma- that aren't noted as much um yeah, I would say in industries that aren't as noted as much, I would mm. say, or as yeah, or aren't aren't as well praised. But I feel like if Einstein was alive today and he, because he won the Nobel, he did. yeah. So I think he wasn't. I think he wore something different. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah, either. but if he turned up in his usual white shirt and like little waistcoat yeah. and had his hair like how how he had i think people would accept it because they they had come to accept that this is a part of who he is okay. but also the Nobel priest peace prize isn't best dressed <laughs> you don't get a prize for being best dressed Absolutely you, you get a prize for your mind yeah. and what you've brought to society so do you feel that today we've become more obsessed with outer experience outer um, images outer appearances rather than the inner um, because you could be people are known for being really well dressed but not necessarily having as much substance 
yeah i would say maybe the biggest stars in the world um or the ones who are quite famous but don't necessarily have a job mm. are it's because they are well dressed and stuff yeah. like that um yeah so no completely but i think that's been that way for ages you're always constantly like at the end of the day if i step into a room and the way that i appear will determine like the way that i'm dressed will determine um obviously with other things as well would determine how someone perceives me yeah. so yeah um and dare i say i don't think it's a problem slightly i think it's a problem though because my thing is thought intention action okay. so you can come into a room and i may have an opinion of you whether it be positive or negative but if i then act on that opinion so my um, if my if my intention is then to act on that opinion because i think what you're wearing makes you look a bit poor or a bit rich but they're so my actions towards you yeah. are based upon that then that's when it becomes an issue okay so i think a lot of society does that really can i quote my uncle briefly of course you can so i've got an uncle and he uh he he said that um he goes into the bank in his work clothes which are what which uh, he's a builder okay so he goes into the bank in his work clothes and Someone once asked him, why do you go into the bank in your work clothes? And he said, <laughs> and he said, um, when, when I, when I, I've, I've completely butchered that. Uh, you didn't butcher that speak. No, no, no. What I, what I meant to say is that also he speaks with a heavy accent. Okay, cool. So they asked him why, when you go to the uh, bank with a heavy accent and his work clothes, and he said, when I say 50,000, the bank manager understands 50,000. Same. It doesn't really matter about how you're looking. You just under, he understands. He understands what, numbers. Yeah. He understands, like, that's in your account. Let's come for it. Yeah. yeah. Amen. Okay. Love but it. Yeah, moving on. That wasn't my quote. That was just, that was an aside. So my next quote. <laughs> nice transition. The next quote I would like to use is... We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. And there's also another paraphrase. Somebody else said something similar. No, let's keep this one for now, though. Sure. Yeah. Can you just can you show me again? Please, Absolutely. for the same one. Absolutely. Absolutely. It is. So. We suffer more often in imagination than in reality. Okay, me. Um, so when you said that, initially I was like, no, no, there's no way. There's no, no way you suffer more in your imagination than reality because it's, um, it's never as bad. No, sorry, in your imagination, you, you, your, your imagination hates you so many places like, this could happen and then that could happen and that can happen and mm -hmm. that can happen yeah. if I turn this corner. Yeah. But in reality, you turn this corner yeah, and maybe none of those happen. Yeah. So, in essence, I do agree we suffer more often in imagination than in reality. However, I'm on the fence in this part because I actually disagree with it as well. Because I think it could be changed as well. I think we suffer in reality more than our imagination because we can romanticise many things, but the reality of it is not. Um, I remember my friend um, Jackie. She 
climbing a mountain in Chile. I did it too. We did it in different times. And I never got to the top because I was just unfit and because we went to a club. So, <laughs> so we never got home till 6 a.m. Then we climbed a mountain. Like, what were we thinking? Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> so she. The cliff hangover. <laughs> nice. <laughs> So we were cli- so she was climbing, but she did like like about six months later, and she was like Zoe. So it took about like five or six hours, and she was like, when I got to the top, yeah. I was like, oh, okay, yeah. because her imagination, yeah. yeah, was, and then she'd romanticized it so much, right. but the reality was different. So yeah, you, you had you had didn't have the same. It didn't have the, an effect. Was she trying to elevate? the experience more than it was she thought it would be amazing so the so in her head the reality was actually worse i see because in because in her imagination i'm gonna climb this mountain when i get to the top i'm gonna put my brazilian flag blah 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 blah, blah. and it was just like so she suffered more in reality than in her imagination because her imagination wasn't didn't come into reality or wasn't at least fulfilled makes sense it reminds me of two things the first one is like the proof is in the pudding Mm, okay. But maybe you don't enjoy that taste of the pudding. Maybe the nice, pudding wasn't yeah. what you had hoped it would be. And also, there's a chess grandmaster, uh, Maurice. I forgot his second name. He became a grandmaster. He was his goal to become a grandmaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, his mountain. When he became a grandmaster, he fell into this great depression. It was almost like he would achieved his goal, but it was nothing like he had ever perceived it to be. Right. I completely agree. Completely understand that. Sorry. Yeah. So I mean. What does it mean to conquer our own individual mountains? Is it more about, is the journey more important than the destination? I think if you're not present in the journey to the destination, then I think the destination is going to be a surprise for you. Yeah, a disappointing Potentially, right. potentially, yeah. Right. Well, so where are you at with it? Where's your thing? Yeah, so um, we suffer more in, more often in imagination than in reality. It's, I feel like it's to do with how you first described it, mm. how you can have, how a person can have a million and one scenarios about what could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And this is how I enter the quote. It's always, I sometimes think to myself, this could go wrong. Mm-hmm. If I if I do this, this might happen. Or they might say this in return. They might do this in return. They might treat me like this. Mm-hmm. But in reality, when I'm going through the thing, when I'm doing the thing, mm-hmm. rarely, rarely, rarely is it as bad as I, as my imagination has <laughs> you know, cooked it up to be. Right, right. Why do you think we do that? Why, why do you think our imaginations do that? Why do you think we... Is it trying to, like, a level of protection? A level of, like, okay, these are all scenarios. Why do we do that? <laughs> um, I feel like maybe it's a survival mechanism that goes back to maybe our um, original ancestors okay. who were in the wild and had to think about threats potential threats Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. in order to survive because if they didn't perceive the threats then likely maybe they would get eaten by a tiger a metaphoric tiger um i can't say i know exactly where why we do that yeah for sure It, it, it feels like it does feel like a really and it made me where I don't know maybe it's an anxiety issue maybe maybe also 
just to throw a spanner in the works, devil's advocate a little bit, mm. it could just be the beauty of our imaginations. Mm. We've been given something, a mind that can envision many things. And we can't like say, you know, it's almost like if you're creating, I don't know, a play or creating an event or a story and stuff or a poem, we use the same tools um, of imagination for the same tools to kind of try to preempt what's going to happen if we turn the corner. We can't shut down one and then keep the other. Yeah. So yeah, I would probably... We can't choose no. how to use the imagination. The imagination, we can choose how to use it, but we can't be choosy mm, nice. for how it's used. That's a quote in itself, you know, Jay. Nice. The Jay original, what is that? You can quote me. No, you can quote yourself, mate. <laughs> <laughs> what did you just say? I can't remember. You said, um, we can't... Oh, Everyone. We can choose how we use the imagination, but we can't be choosy about how the imagination is used. So we can choose, but we can't be choosy. Yeah. Mm. Nice. Mm. Cool. But this, I'm going inter, to intertwine another quote by Mark Twain. And he said, some of the worst things in my life have never happened. <laughs> so I heard the Mark Twain quote first. Is and, that Mark Twain, I, what you just... What I just said. Some of the worst things in my life have never even happened. No, the one before... No, what? that was by Seneca. By Seneca, okay. So Seneca was a Roman, I think, uh, philosopher. Ah, okay. So this is before... But this is where I think Mark Twain got it from. So some of the worst things in my life never even happened by Mark Twain. <laughs> that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. Do you yeah. feel that they relate, the quotes are related? Oh, yeah. It's, it's about your imagination again, isn't it? Yeah. It only happens in your imagination. Yeah. Yeah. Or oh, our dreams. Yeah. Okay, cool. I like it. I do. I, I asked Jay initially before we started, like, do you have a theme? Um, I don't know. I kind of feel like you've got a theme here going on. What's the theme today? So, you've. So, the, remind me your first quote again? Truth does not mind being questioned. Okay. And lie does not like being challenged. All to do with imagination in some ways, no? Because if you're lying, mm-hmm. you've got an imagination. Use your imagination to lie. No, 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 it's 80 pounds. Yeah, because it's this and it looks pretty and it's that. You're using your imagination to kind of like sell this to someone. (laughs) Okay, so um, this is one of the ones that I've written myself. Um, Quick plug for www.quotebags.co.uk. It's a small business I have and all quotes that I've written originally. Minus two, um, I've put on bags and other stuff. So check it out. Um, anyway, so this one is definition of self-confidence is not needing external compliments. The definition of self-confidence is not needing external compliments. Extra points because it rhymes. Thank you. The definition of self-confidence is not needing, not, sorry, excuse me. Definition of self-confidence, not needing external compliments. I like it. Thank you. Feels good. It feels like um, it's aspirational, it's inspirational and um, makes me think that I've heard the rapper say compliments don't pay the bills. (laughs) I feel like compliments are great but there's also an element of um, not needing them or becoming too reliant on external compliments 
and they can almost be distracting. Mm. Um, I'm going to say that it feels to me that today we have a lot of we have a lot of ways of complimenting people that are not very substantial and don't mean a great deal if you a lot of people go after the likes for example they post a picture and it gets a lot of likes and they feel great mm. but i don't feel that it's necessarily healthy in terms of boosting their self-confidence explain because i feel like your self-confidence should be something that's independent of external compliments as you said in the quote i agree yeah which is the reason why i wrote that is because i question how much that really is the case because i feel like even self-confidence is it's not redundant but i don't what am i trying to say here I'm trying to say that self-confidence, as I've written, yeah. is not needing external compliments. But I think, you, you know when you said it's inspirational? Yeah. I think what you said initially was was probably even more so. I think it's aspirational. Okay. I think it's something that we should try to get to. But I do feel the reality of it is our confidence is somewhat... And there's levels of the confidence. And there's different parts of our life that we're confident in. And different degrees of confidence that we have in different departments mm -hmm. but overall i think it would be silly to say not silly probably the wrong word but i'm using it um to say that our self-confidence even though we're using the word self is solely is solely uh what's the word like made up of yeah. with by by ourselves right yeah. I was watching this video on Facebook and um, it was this chicken on a table, on the kitchen table. So it was a chicken on the table and um, they had a, a coloured circle. It was a pink circle. And the chicken pecked the circle and then it got a treat. Mm -hmm. Then they started adding more coloured circles onto the table. Mm -hmm. They had a blue circle, a yellow circle, but the chicken kept pecking the pink circle and getting the treat. Mm -hmm. And they were like, well done. Mm -hmm. well done every time chicken pecked the pink circle and the chicken eventually learned that it wasn't going to get a treat unless it pecked the pink circle he didn't try to he didn't even try to peck the other the other circles and i feel like that kind of that kind of learning is what i was talking about with the likes and getting compliments and that's when i feel like it can be a bit misleading to be focused on compliments or likes that are external rather than having an internal source of awareness that is building and boosting your self-confidence. But I think even our external confidence, sorry, our internal confidence is based upon a standard and the standard is based upon something that's not fully external for not fully internal and i say that because we were raised by other people yeah. our values and our morals 
they may differ from where we were initially, but they were instilled into us within the society that we're in, with with the people that we live with, um, or no longer live with. I yeah. Um, I think self confidence now is almost like clay. He just moved. He just moved it for me. Okay, yeah. He just moved the um, phone. That's why the sound is there. Um, but I think the. Um, I just lost my train of thought now, Jay. I'm sorry. It's okay. Hold on. Yeah. External values to family. No self confidence, but I think. Oh, I've lost it, Jay. Dude, I don't remember. You you, you interrupted me. I got confused. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um. What am I saying? Okay, I think the idea of self-confidence, even though we use the word self, it does include other things. Yeah. I think that's what I'm saying. Yeah. And I think it makes perfect sense. Um, cool. All right, let's move on. Okay. The next quote of the day is... It is... Um, Three sentences long. Those who make objectivity a religion are liars. They are scared of human pain. They don't want to be objective. It's a lie. They want to be objects so as not to suffer. Oh my God, that is so long, Jay. <laughs> it is what it is. Oh Lord. It is what it is. Okay, so everyone who's similar to me, get a pen and paper. Let's wait five seconds. or you can just pause it but anyway so those who make objectivity a religion are liars okay let's just break this down those who make objectivity religion are liars do you agree with that do you disagree with that it needs it needs more for me at, at, at this point i'll be like whoa who's he calling a liar you know I, i'm reading it i'm reading it and i'm thinking to myself who's he calling a liar i'm not agreeing right away okay they are scared of human pain i'm like please tell me more sir I need to know. I need to understand where you're going with this. Okay. They don't want to be objective. It's a lie. They want to be objects so as to not to suffer. Mm. Okay. So what is objectivity? Let's just break that down first. Objectivity rather than subjectivity. Let's explain the difference again. If we look at something that's subjective, such as a piece of art or a piece of music, it it is something that can be interpreted either way. It can be... It's not something that is one thing. It can be many different things. Okay, cool. So that, so basically they're saying that religion is objectivity. It is, it is objective. I'll tell you what, how I, what the immediate thing I thought of when I heard that quote was the news. The news is something that tries to be objective a lot of the time. You get news reporters who are trying to be impartial to portray uh, both sides of the argument and sometimes they make that a religion they make it they become obsessed with being neutral or being unable to give a a, a side a point of view that is definite are we talking about you just about like newscasters or newscasters talk- yeah but that's because they have to um there was i can't remember her name but she said something about religion and she's like sorry race about racism mm-hmm. and she got um penalized for two weeks so you, you, the, it's in the rules. You're not allowed to. You're not allowed to come across as you have any type of sides. You're not allowed to do that. I feel like 
there are some newscasters who are able to effectively give us a point of view without being biased or offensive or I'm not talking about more in tone though no do you not think more in tone more they're questioning to the person that they're questioning I think because just to go back to that lady mm. um, she said her thing was I can't don't pat, yeah don't quote me, quote me on it but it was well I've had racism or this is a racist thing mm. so she gave her personal opinion yeah. and then that's when she was penalised for two she weeks she was penalised then for 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 not being an object for having a soul she has a soul and she gave a point of view and that's the point that they there's there's a requirement for a newscaster to be so objective almost to become an object and not to have an like a vessel to just to tell the news is to allow any interpretation yeah i mean i think the society definitely pushes people i think that's the whole point of being professional that's that's what they push when they say be professional be 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 form be be being professional being formal is either you putting a point across that even that isn't yours or you say it without feeling or you're putting a point across that it doesn't show where you stand that's 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 what that is that's what society pushes i feel like there are some cases some instances for example if it's uh death of a large number of people which happens often they make objectivity they make that kind of they make that position of being unaffected and i'm not saying that they should burst into tears or display the emotion that they genuinely feel but they make the objectivity the kind of neutralness a a religion they make it their who's they when you say that just to clarify the example that I'm using is newscasters. Okay. I I I get what you're saying, but I don't think it should be based to, to them. And I simply say it because they don't... Ironically, they don't actually have control over what they say and how they say it. Yeah. There are some, though, <laughs> who are a bit older mm-hmm. and maybe they've been in the game a bit more. I think he's just retired. He's on Channel 4. And um, I think it was funny moments of blah, blah, blah. And, he, um, and his thing was... There were certain things that he did not want to... He felt like it's not news. Yeah. So you could see in his tone right. that he was just like... I think it, I don't know, maybe I think it's like about Kim Kardashian or something. And he was right, like, right. Kim Kardashian. And he was like... and But the way he did it in his tone and his face, you could tell that he just thought it was a stupid thing. So it was a subtext. Mm. But he still said it. Do you see what I'm saying? So I get what you're saying, but... I'm not saying it. It's the quote he's saying. And I'm interpreting the quote. Okay, but I'm talking to you. That's why I'm saying you're saying it. Okay, um, <laughs> you're not taking ownership of, of your quote, dude. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I respect that. Yeah. Um, okay. So, those who make objectivity a religion are liars. Okay, we've discussed that. They are scared of human pain. They're scared of feeling human pain. Um, and also, I guess if you're objective as well, it's to me being objective is almost like being on the fence. No. Um, yesterday I was with a friend, um, big up Scott, and he said to me, um, I can't do the Irish accent, he, he's, his family's Irish, and he has said to me, what did he say, um, his mum's friend has said to him, um, oh look at, I don't, I'm gonna, 
use someone's name so look at jack i don't know if it was jack um he must be so tired because i'm um, sitting on the fence because he's got so many splinters up his ass wow yeah mm-hmm so yeah got so many splinters up your ass sitting on the fence yeah um i think he's i think he's either his mum's right. friends yeah his mum's friends sent it to the husband yeah right. you you must be like what's it yeah i, I love that quote i want to use it in the script <laughs> yeah the yeah the script you say what might the script be no 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 we're not, we're not talking about that no 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 another podcast not happening right now um and then my last quote before we out is um generality Sorry, generality, generality. I can never say it. Help me here. Sure. Generality, generality. Generality. Generality is the enemy of creativity. I feel like I feel like we're on the same page with it. Uh, it feels like it ties into my last quote. I'm not saying it. It feels like it does. Gen- generality is the enemy of creativity. So. Do you want to know who it's now or after? Tell me now. Why do I ask that? Because I don't yeah. want to. Okay, then don't. Okay, sorry. Generality. But can I, sorry to cut you, the reason why I'm saying that is yeah. because I want you to take it for what you take it. I no. feel like as soon as you put a person on it, then you're now taking it for what they meant. But like, what do you mean from there? This is how I, I this is me chewing it. I'm chewing it live in front of you. Um, generality is the enemy of creativity. So being general. Being general rather than specific. Being general rather than... Okay, and it's the enemy of creativity. So we've got creativity on one hand. We've got generality. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what I make of this. Okay. Perhaps it would help if you tell me who. So it's by Stanislavski and Stanislavski, forgive me if I'm saying it wrong, um, and he was a Russian practitioner um, and he has his own method of acting. Right. Um, so we were told this in acting school. Um, so, because I'm an actor, as, um, mm. and one of the things, so when we have a script, if we are general women choices, in order to portray um and in, in order to portray our lines portray our character we then will either not create or we will lose the connection with the audience okay. for them to tell the story but if we're specific yeah. in what we're doing yeah. how we're moving our body our tone yeah. the subtext under what we're saying the actions of 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 what i want of how i want the other person to feel and how i'm going to do it yeah. it becomes much more exciting um, and you then become more creative because you've got so much. Whereas if I just read the script and be like, hey, Jay, how are you? Diligent. There is nothing kind of that. There right. isn't. So I guess it's more from an acting point of view, but I brought it to you, one of the creative, but also I think it's creativity is in itself. I think people just kind of adhere that to people who call themselves creative, but I feel like a bus driver, a bus driver is as creative as an actor it's just the way that they portray their creativity i'm glad you said that uh, because i was just thinking to myself um being general even in the in the sense of leaving your house if you just leave your house in a general sense like oh, i'm just gonna leave 
and not know where you're going, then... You're missing specificity. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, if there's no specific direction, if there's no specific method of, you know, there's like, you might not even put on your shoes, you might just step out. I'm not saying anything wrong with that. But if you... How is it? It's the enemy of creativity. It can derail sense of direction it can yeah it can derail the sense of direction if it's the enemy then it's working against it we as if we're all creative beings um like you said we're not thinking and creativity needs thought Mm. without it it doesn't make sense constantly thought intention and then action yeah i think we're good yeah thank you guys (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.